This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Unnecessary Roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Kicking off hour number two of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920 on this Thursday, August 5th, 2021. Little recap of the show so far. Started things off talking with Curtis Crabtree. Uh, from Sports Radio KJR up in Seattle, talking all things KJ Wright as he was in for a visit with the Raiders. He did leave without a deal, but does not mean that he can't circle back and get a deal with the Raiders. Or maybe he ends up back in Seattle, signs a deal with them, or he ends up in another team uh, across the league. But uh, KJ Wright, a really good linebacker, was visiting with the Raiders today. So we talked to Curtis Crabtree about that. John McClain from the Houston Chronicle joined us to talk all things NFL, talk about Hall of Fame game that goes on tonight, Hall of Fame weekend, talk about how exciting it is just to be there and see all the greatness that I will be a part of this weekend. I I cannot wait to get there. I've only been to the Hall of Fame one time, and I'm very excited to return. So, uh, yeah, we talked to John McClain, all things Hall of Fame, all things NFL, and uh, we will be getting to cover three in just a few seconds. Uh, We will have RJ Ochoa from Blogging the Boys in ESPN San Antonio. He's going to come up at 3.30 to talk to us about uh, Gerald McCoy, who signed with the Raiders yesterday, a veteran presence, a guy that uh, could play that uh, the defensive tackle position and, and just another piece to the puzzle that the Raiders are trying to put together for this Gus Bradley defense. Rod Marinelli, of course, a defensive line coach. He's uh, clearly not happy or not 100% happy with what he's seen so far early in training camp, and that's fine. Early August, you're supposed to, you know, kind of, um, you know, trial and error. You know, you get the guys in there that you think can fill the void, and then when you see that they're not doing what you expect them to do or what you want them to to do boom you go out you make a move you bring another guy in and see if he's a piece of the puzzle this is when you do all the trial and error that you want because this is what really matters and then once it gets to the season you hope that you have all the pieces that are going to help you have that run that you expect to be on also in uh, today's show we talked about running back Jalen Richard the fact that he's going to be out a couple weeks he has a foot injury and unfortunately for him he just returned to the roster. I mean, he just returned to practice after being on the COVID-19 reserve list, and so not a good start to training camp for him, and especially this year where their running back room, there is a lot of running backs in that running back room, so every rep that he does not get, every practice that he misses is just putting him further back and further back and further back, and so will Jalen Rashard make the roster? Who knows? There's still plenty of time before the beginning of the season in the 53-man roster, but with that depth that they have in the running back room, it's going to be difficult. All right, before we get to cover three, we got a caller on the line, Gangster Raider. You are up. What's up, man? Hey, what's up, Q? Chilling, chilling. So you're going to make it out there? Yes, sir. That's good. Represent for us. And um, I want to talk about Tom Flores because, to me, that was my coach. You know what I'm saying? When I was growing up as a Raider fan, you know what I'm saying, Tom Flores was our coach. And he brought the championship here to L.A., the only team in – Los Angeles history to win a Super Bowl is the Raiders. If it wasn't for the Raiders, L.A. would not have a Super Bowl champion. Even though the Scram has been here for 50 years, over 50 years since they came back, they never won a Super Bowl for L.A. The only team to win a Super Bowl for L.A. was the Raiders under Tom Flores, and Super Bowl MVP was Marcus Allen. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So Tom Flores is my coach to me, you know what I'm saying, even more than um, Madden. You know what I'm saying? Because Madden, you know, was the older generation coach, and he brought the um, 
initial Super Bowl. But to me, Tom Flores is our coach. You know what I'm saying? Him going in validates us, the L.A. Raiders. You know what I'm saying? So I want to say that, and I want to say um, good looking out to um, everybody that supports Raider Nation Radio because before this, it's been a year since we had it. Before y'all came on, trying to find coverage on the Raiders was hard. I had to search internet and just just scour the, the world pretty much for any kind of Raider content. But since Raider, Raider Nation Radio came, every day I got Raiders all day except for 10 to 12 when I got to hear Rich Eisen. But other than that, it's all Raiders. And I love it. You know what I'm saying? I love y'all. And, and you know, Hall of Fame weekend, Raider Nation weekend, let's celebrate. And give um, Violator a big hug for me if you get a chance to. It's gangster. Hey, real quick before you go, gangster, hold on. You still there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, cool. Actually, I'm glad you're on because the question I was going to throw out there, and I'll take calls after uh, Cover 3 is over, but what is it about the Raiders that made you a fan, and how big is this Hall of Fame weekend going to be for you? Well, what is to me, the very first time I saw a football game, I watched it with my uncle, and it was um, Raiders. I think they was playing Green Bay, I think. But whoever they was playing, they were just punking them, like treating them like throwing them around the field like they was rag dogs, like – like they didn't deserve to be on the same field with them, and I like that. And then when I discovered the owner, Al Davis, and how he was, as soon as I heard him speak and his mentality, I said, oh, that's, that's, that's my Kendrick spirit right there. That's, that's, that's me. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's, that's my alter ego right there. That's, that's me. You know what I'm saying? So once I saw the Raiders play and got, got wind of Al Davis and that just win, baby, and his mentality and, and the way he spoke, especially when I heard him say, what you, what you play at the beginning of the show, in the first quarter, five, five to ten plays, the other quarterback must go down. That's how I live my life. You know what I'm saying? And um, Al Davis and the Raiders is a big part of who Gangster Raider is. Nice. That's why I'm a Raider fan. Awesome. Thank you so much for the call, man. Way to get us started on uh, this Thursday. I appreciate you. And that's why I had to ask you. You know, that's the question that I wanted to throw out there. And Raider Nation, you can get an early start on it. Uh, what is it about the Raiders that made you a fan? I just I just want to get to the roots of it today. And I know we don't have a whole lot of time left. And I still got another guest coming up on the show. But, I mean, it's, it's Hall of Fame weekend, man. This is something special. I think this is something special. Raider Nation should embrace this. It's not every time, every year when the Hall of Fame comes that a team gets two that are going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, and then on top of that, get a super fan inducted as well. It doesn't happen very often. So this is really, in my opinion, a special weekend for all of Raider Nation. Everyone should salute themselves and salute what made you a Raider fan. So I want to hear from you. And, of course, like I mentioned, got cover three coming up, NFL news and notes of the day. Uh, What do we have? One more call? Yes, we do. Raider Goose from the 559. Let's get one more call in from the 559 representing. What's on your mind to say, my man? What's up, Q? Chilling, man. Hey, uh, yeah, from 559 over here, Fresno. Um, yeah, you, you should throw out that question about becoming a Raider fan. It was, it was T. Wood, man. T. Wood, when I, I'm only 30. So, you know, T. Wood, when T. Wood became a Raider, I became a, a, a diehard fan. Okay. Diehard fan. Just, just a swagger, you know. You know, when he came, came in the league, he had his one chin strap down, you know. It was just everything about him. Like, damn, he's you know he's a Raider fan, so hey, he's a, he's a diehard, he's a he's a Raider. So that you know, Seawood is the one that made me become a diehard. And, and this whole weekend to see him get into the Hall of Fame is is everything. Absolutely. And, you know, I wish I wish I could be able to go. You know, with work and all that stuff. And so I mean, and I spent all my money on the opening day games. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So I, I, I was planning on going to Ken, but, you know, the prices for the opening day game, I'd rather go to that than Ken. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. No doubt. No doubt. Thanks for uh, thanks for uh, giving us your feedback. And when you get to uh, Las Vegas, man, definitely holler at your boy, man. I'm looking forward to that opening day game. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens coming to town. Uh, that's going to be a heck of a game. Monday night football, Legion Stadium. So definitely holler at me when you get to town. But uh, Gangster Raider, thank you for that call as well. Talking about what is uh, what is it about the Raiders that made you a fan and how big is this Hall of Fame weekend for you? Of course, we got the Salmon Ash text line as well. 69187, keyword R&R. Before we get to any more calls or any texts, let's go ahead and get into cover three NFL news and notes of the day here on Raider Nation Radio 920. It's time for Q's cover three NFL news and notes of the day here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Now, I mentioned it earlier to John McClain from the Houston Chronicle, but RG3 is joining ESPN. It was reported earlier today that Heisman Trophy winner, Pro Bowl quarterback RG3, has signed a multi-year deal to join ESPN as a college football and NFL analyst. He played eight seasons in the league. He's going to call a weekly ESPN or ABC college football game and then also contribute to ESPN's coverage of the college football playoff, Super Bowl, and other major events. I think that's really, really cool. I've talked to RG3 multiple times uh, as he was a guy that went to Baylor, and uh, I was right there in the, in the thick of things when he won that Heisman Trophy. That was a big deal in Central Texas, and uh, that's a good football mind, man. He's been on a, a lot of coverages of drafts as of late, and uh, he's a guy who he does want to play. He wants to continue to play quarterback, but if it's not in the cards for him, at least he's going out there and doing what he does and, and enjoys doing, and uh, that's becoming a member of ESPN. Uh, there was a bunch of different uh, networks that were trying to, to get his services, but ESPN got him, so boom, there it is. Uh, RG3 is now a member of ESPN, so uh, shout out to him. Uh, his former team, his team that drafted him originally, the Washington football team, even they weren't called that then, uh, not only are they not called the Redskins like they used to be, they're the Washington football team, and they have not announced what their new name's going to be, they have said that they're not going to allow allow fans to wear Native American headdresses at games in 2021. So oh, that's good. So those fans that you see with the feathers on and, and everything that just kind of looks like the, like I said, Native American headdresses, they're not going to be wearing those. They said they're not allowing that in the stadium in 2021, and they will be announcing a new team name in 2022. Not sure if uh, what that team name is going to be, but they should just keep it Washington football team. I know. I, I, I like that it. too. I, I did, like it. I, I thought I was the only one. No, dog. I like it. You I know, do it's, too. it's almost got like a soccer or football, like, you know, no, you know what it team, is to me. Like, feel to me. I'm like, like more teams, yeah, we're the Washington football team. You know what it is to me? It's different. It's it's not even different. To me, it's like a, a, a white tee, like a Coke white tee. It's plain, it's simple, and it's clean. Yeah. Like, it's like a pair of Air Force Ones. It fits. Simple, white, clean. That's what I like. I like just clean, not too fancy. I don't need all these bright colors. I don't need all these fancy names. The Washington football team. And then it's, their colors now are still distinct. Like the, yeah, the colors it's simple. are, you know. It's clean. Classic with the team. And it's to the point. I know a lot of fans don't like that name, but I'm okay with that. I think that that name's all right, but that's apparently not what they're going to name their team. They're going to come up with a name in 2022. Now and everybody's going to hate it. I bet sure. they're going to release that logo and people are like, they're going to be like, it's going to be some stu- like the Washington Generals. Well, or as long as they don't do what the Cleveland Indians did. What did they call themselves again? The Guardians. Yeah, that was dumb. Especially when there's a Cleveland Guardians team already. But Maybe uh, if it was like a basketball team or something. Like, I, don't, know, with the yeah, I don't know. I, that, I don't know. That name was terrible. <laughs> but uh, Washington football team president Jason Wright, he uh, wrote on the team's website that uh, we have 89 years of history in this league and failing to acknowledge our past use of native imagery in the consideration of the new name wouldn't be mindful of the individuals and communities that were hurt by the previous name. So that's why no uh, Native American headdresses will be allowed uh, for the Washington football team and their 
their uh, their their home games in 2021. I uh, want to give you a couple updates on uh, COVID-19 reserve list updates as far as guys coming off the list. The Vikings activated quarterback Kirk Cousins from the COVID-19 reserve list. Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson, he's eligible to come off the list tomorrow. And uh, that will also depend on testing negative and clearing the protocol. Now, when it comes to Kirk Cousins, he made a lot of noise. He made a lot of headlines and some that I'm sure that the head coach Mike Zimmer is not really too proud of. He's a guy that's been very, as a matter of fact, about, you know, getting vaccinated and we could all be past this if people were just to do what they're supposed to do. And he's talking specifically to his team because he's had so much outbreak, including all of his quarterbacks. He was down to like a four string quarterback, but Kirk cousins, he is very, as a matter of fact, and uh, he had a lot to say earlier. So here's Kirk cousins talking about getting the vaccination. It was deemed to be too small for uh, us to have, have been in a room together, even if we were, significantly apart from each other so we've since moved to a different meeting room uh and i as i I understand it had we met in a larger room uh i would not have missed practice because i was not a close contact as deemed by actually being in contact so um it was disappointing to miss practice i've in my entire college and pro career i have not missed four practices so to miss four practices in one week um, you know, and not have COVID was, was uh, you know, frustrating, disappointing. But, um, you know, worked on my own, did all the virtual meetings, um, was able to do the best I could with the, with the situation we had. Um, you know, I do believe the protocols work, and that's why I believe I, I didn't have COVID, you know, after, after being in a meeting room like that because the mask and the social distancing works. Um, so, um you know, now we, we look forward um, to the degree that, you know, you test positive for the virus, whether vaccinated or unvaccinated, you can't play in a game. You can't play in a game with COVID regardless of your vaccination status. So the key will be not being a close contact. That will be the focus. And um, we have to be very vigilant to make sure that does not happen, which is why moving to a larger meeting room uh, is, is what's so important. And as I said to Coach Zimmer on the phone last night, I said, we, we can meet in the indoor, we can meet outside. And I said, if it means meeting outside under a goalpost in January, if that's what it takes to get to the playoffs and be in playoff games and win playoff games, and that's where we're going to meet. I think the vaccination decision is a private, very private health matter for me, and I'm going to keep it as such. Um, uh, I do believe that as a leader of the team, it's very important uh, to follow the protocols to avoid this close contact because that is that is what it's going to come down to is did you have a close contact? And so I'm going to be vigilant about avoiding a close contact. I've even thought about should I just set up literally plexiglass around where I sit so that this could never happen again? Um, I thought about it because I'm going to do whatever it takes. I mean, he's going to do whatever it takes to a certain degree. Yeah, man, except, you know, get that shot. <laughs> right. this, I think this is a step in the right direction for him because last year he was like, if I die, I die. Yeah, he, that's true. He did say that. That's true. He did say that. I, I mean, <laughs> look, Kirk Cousins just spent a couple minutes just beating around the bush and saying whatever he could say and try to explain it the best way he could. Mike Zimmer, his head coach, has been very adamant. He said it in about 20 seconds about how he felt and how he's trying to get his team to, you know, do what they've got to do for the team aspect in itself. You know, that Mike Zimmer wants to win football games, which is what, you know, the NFL is trying to do, make sure that all these teams and, and players have an opportunity to, to, you know, play and not have games delayed or postponed or, or, or just completely forfeited, you know, like they've come out yeah. with, and there's a lot of players across the league. I think a, a most, I think the majority, I honestly want to say 
the majority of the players across the league, I think, at this point are either fully vaccinated or close to it. Yes, and it, it, you just made me think about Mike Zimmer, why he cares so much. Obviously, he wants to win, but he's like, wins and losses are attached to head coaches and quarterbacks, and no one's going to look and just think, like, they're not going to look at the semantics and be like, oh, they were only 65% vaccinated that season. That's why they had to miss this game or that game. Mike Zimmer's job could be on the line. I'm, I'm not saying he's going to get fired immediately if they, like, go – Two and two and fifteen, but it would be like, man, Mike Zimmer, like your head coaching record. What happened to that 2021 season? Right, none of my players got the job, man. We had to cancel about five games. Right, we just see five losses in a row, man. The Vikings couldn't get it together. Uh, uh-uh, that's yeah. I, I'm sure. I'm sure that won't be what he uh, he falls back on. He need to worry about getting that defense right because that defense last year was a real issue for issue for Minnesota. Uh, one more note, and then we'll uh, close up cover three today. Uh, NFL news and notes of the day. We like to do it on the daily about three o'clock, uh, and we're gonna stick with the Minnesota Vikings. This really rolled out yesterday. They released their f- former first round draft pick, defensive back Jeff Gladney. He came from T. CU. He was uh, indicted on uh, by a grand jury in Dallas on a charge of allegedly assaulting a woman in Dallas in April. Uh, he was indicted by the Texas grand jury and charged with domestic violence by uh, impeding, breathing for intentionally, um, knowingly, and recklessly causing bodily injury and applying pressure to a woman's neck and throat. If convicted, he could serve up to 10 years in prison. He was a first-round pick in 2020, number 31 overall. So, uh, not good good times for Jeff Gladney. Uh, that's really a very serious charge right there. And so, of course, you got to let the judicial system play its role. But uh, there's a lot there. And I remember when that came out, uh, as a guy who covered TCU like a glove, I, I, uh, you know, I, I was all over it. You know, kind of saw that uh, as it played out. And that's just a very unfortunate situation. And uh, hopefully, uh, whatever happened. And of course, we don't know exactly what happened until uh, all, all the, all the facts come out. But just something that you don't want to be on the wrong end of and hopefully that that young lady is is okay and you know she's able to move on with her life at some point and and kind of get over this awful awful thing that uh Jeff Gladney is being accused of doing and uh, now he's been indicted by a Texas grand jury so he is no longer with the Minnesota Vikings and he's no longer in the NFL and that's probably the last thing that he's got to worry about because now he's got to worry about prison time so Just wanted to pass that along, a little NFL news and notes of the day. When we come back, your feedback on the Raider Nation listener line, 702-365-9200. And, of course, the Sam and Ash text line as well, 69187, keyword R&R. What is it about the Raiders that made you a fan? And how big is this Hall of Fame weekend for you? Let us know about it. Light us up. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. And here we are back here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. The time is 323 on this Thursday. Final show for me from studio. We'll be getting on that bird a little bit later, flying out to Cleveland, getting in the car, and driving to Canton, Ohio, preparing myself for Hall of Fame weekend. Very excited about that. And, of course, this opportunity for me to be in Canton, Ohio, is all being brought to you by Maui Jelly Factory. My guy Aaron, who's the owner, has been a longtime Raider fan, long time since the 80s growing up in L.A., like Gangster Raider in L.A., and uh, I'm pleased. I did not know he was going to call in, but I'm so pleased that he's on the phone line right now at 702-365-9200. Wants to let us know how he became a Raider fan. Aaron, what's on your mind today, my man? Chilling. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Favorite caller right now. <laughs> Favorite call in ever. <laughs> what's going on, guys? Chilling, man. <laughs> yes. So I grew up in L.A., as you, as you mentioned. Uh, this is back in the mid-'80s. So it was back during N.W.A., uh, music videos, everybody in the world uh, in, in that music genre was, was sporting and rocking that Raiders gear 
So uh, this is even before I started watching them, really. But it became iconic uh, growing up in L.A. Um, I tried to avoid wearing that purple or that blue or red just to stay out of trouble. Right. So I, I just went ahead and wrote, wore that silver and black. But, uh, yeah, I grew up on Slauson and Crenshaw Woo. in L.A., if anybody know that, where that area mm-hmm. is. So it was, uh, yeah, man, it was iconic. But uh, living the dream here on Maui, making jelly right now. Uh, but that was my experience, man. Growing up in L.A. was uh, definitely everybody was sporting the silver and black in L.A. I love it. I love it. You know what's funny about what you said, though, about wearing the silver and black so you don't wear red and blue and get yourself in no trouble? I'll tell you, man, you felt like you were a tough guy, right? You're putting on that, that silver and black. You, you, you were running with your homeboys, and it's like, yeah, I'm cool, but I ain't got to worry about nobody getting mad at me because it's silver and black. It ain't no other colors and get me in no trouble. Yeah, man, because, I mean, you walk down the street in my neighborhood, and they made you pick. What's up? <laughs> you know, you a blood or a cuss. Right. And I was like, man, I'm rocking that silver and black. I ain't trying to worry about no blood or cuss. <laughs> right, right. No doubt. No doubt. Hey, yeah, well, thank, th- <laughs> thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you, and thank you so much for uh, supporting the show. Uh, Unnecessary Roughness, the Hall of Fame edition this weekend in Canton, Ohio. I appreciate you. Yeah, man, safe travels. We'll talk to you, man. All right, no doubt about it. There he goes. That's my guy, Aaron. Big ups to him. Uh, MauiJellyFactory.com. Check him out. Got some great stuff there that you will definitely love. Bring a little bit of Maui into your meal. How about we go to Ruben, who's here in uh, in Las Vegas. What's up, Ruben? What's on your mind this afternoon? Hey, how's it going, uh, Q? Uh, Chilling. Glad to hear you back. Glad to hear you back on the shows, uh, Raider Nation Radio. Thank you. Uh, when you were talking about the, the my Raider fandom, whatever. Yeah. It, I was born in Texas, man, and I moved to the five. Actually, it used to be the two hundred nine. Now the five five nine. Yep. I moved out there to Central Cali, uh, Corcoran, California. Ooh. The town, the town, not the prisons. Yeah, I was about to but, say uh, out there with the prison yard. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, girl, girl, when I, so I was born in Texas, but we moved to Cali when I was in like in eighty five, and my uncle, man, my uncle just used to tell me the stories, man, the, the stories of the Raiders back then, and that's how it got me hooked, man. And I'll never forget him. I just want to shout out my uncle Trini. Renteria there in Corcoran, California. He still lives out there. Nice. And, you know, it just started, man. It's just like the history of it, you know, got me. And, and I've been a fan ever since. And it's crazy, man. I moved to Vegas. I moved out here like seven, eight years ago. And there was no talk of them coming out here. And just them being out here is like, wow, like crazy. Like, you know, Hall of Fame weekend coming up. Congratulations, Coach. Congratulations, Seawood. Congratulations to the Violator. You know, and I'll, I'll be at the practice, unfortunately. I won't be able to make it to Canton, but I'll be able to go to the practice on Sunday. So I'm going to check out the practice. As soon as that's over, going to head home and just get the TV ready, get the surround sound ready, and just and just watch that, man. Because, like I said, I'm a history person. Yeah. And just seeing the Hall of Fame, man, it's, it's going to get me emotional. Like you say about, you know, I was getting a little watery here and there. That, that might be happening on Sunday. It always does. Ruben, great call, man. I appreciate you calling from Vegas. And you made a hell of a journey, man, from Texas to Corcoran, no, to the 209 to Corcoran. Yeah, I like that. And I've been everywhere you've been. It's like we're homeboys, man. I've been, but I just did it in reverse order. I was in the 510. I was in the 925. Then the 209, 559, Texas, and now here in Vegas. Vegas, so yeah, Tamon is confused. I just threw out so many numbers. You're confused now, but it's all good. Ruben's my guy. Okay, man. Only thing that, because like, you, you're always throwing out these area codes, 731 731-901-901. That's all I know. That's all I care about. <laughs> How about 702-365-9200? How about those numbers? Let's go on back out to Mitch in New Jersey. What's on your mind this afternoon, my man? Q, right. How you doing? You got the life. Yeah, man. I'm chilling. Enjoy it. Enjoy your time in K, and I'll give you some area codes. <laughs> I went from the 718, uh, 808, and I'm living okay in uh, 609. Right. I'll never get to Vegas. 
<laughs> I don't think there's enough time. You know, life is short. Well, but you know, I started as a Kansas City. My brother was an Oakland Raiders fan. I was a Kansas City fan. With um, mm. my first game I can remember, I recall, and was the double overtime Kansas City Miami. I vividly remember that game, and it came so close. Kansas City, but then I just, I, I guess, I gravitated to the Raiders. I like all the LA teams now. The Raiders, uh, Marcus Allen's one of my favorites. Jim Parker, and I'm half Spanish, just like Kim. Uh, Vince Evans, one of my favorites. Uh, I remember Ted Hendricks uh, finished his career. Yep. So Raiders, you know, they have a big fan base. But I was going to ask you, um, they got some defense in line. You think uh, Yannick got a him start, the new guy McCoy, mm-hmm. Farrell, and Solomon Thomas. I want to see him have a few good years for the time. Uh, I know he's a Stanford grad, so I know I'm sure he's got something else cooking in the books. Do you think that could, that could be those four guys could be the starter for starting uh, lineup there for our Raiders? Uh, good call, Mitch. Thank you so much for that. And I'll tell you, I think Unique is definitely a starter. Um, it feels like Max Crosby is going to be a starter across from him. I think Jonathan Hankins will probably get the start in the in, in the middle of that line, and maybe maybe Gerald McCoy next to him, maybe Solomon Thomas. I think that there's going to be some competition at that D tackle position. I really do. Cleve Furl may kick inside and, and get a start. I think that's the beauty of it, though. Gus Bradley's mentioned multiple times he wants to have a, a rotation. He wants to be able to have uh, all these uh, pass rushers co- go after the quarterback in waves. Line one, line two. It's like what we're doing with the phones right now. Line one, line two, line three. <laughs> yeah, because they are going in waves. <laughs> I am over here just like, all right, man, I'm just like, but the good thing about that line, tag in and out. Exactly, exactly. So let's tag in our next listener. How about Just Win Wendy? I know she's in the Bay. What's on your mind today? Woohoo! Okay, good. <laughs> Well, first of all, I was going to call in earlier just to, to tell you to have a great trip. And Thank you. And I'm so excited you're going and keep tweet, tweeting and telling us all about it. For sure. And um, I'm going to be going to Vegas on Sunday to see that practice as well. And hopefully a bunch of listeners will be tweeting where they are so we can meet up somewhere after the practice and watch things at a casino somewhere, watch TV. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to say where I came from is... If you haven't heard already, I think you have to, but um, I started out, I was born in Oakland. My dad went to Oakland Tech. My brother went to Oakland Tech. My parents moved out to the uh, East Bay, but I I became a Raiders fan because my dad got season tickets the very first year he could, and I think it was either the second year that the stadium was open the Oakland Coliseum, Mm. and he was on the 18th row from the field on the 30-yard line behind the benches, and so I got to go as a kid, and and what got me to be a Raider fan was, was learning the intricacies of the game from my dad. And it was just so exciting. Oh, it's offense. No, it's a defense. And, you know, and I was a little kid, and he was teaching me all about the downs and all about the guys. And then he would say, well, look, now see, see George Blanda over there on the sideline? He's talking to Kenny Stabler and telling him about what LaMonica's doing. And, and it was like I learned as, you know, I learned as a kid all about these, these wonderful players. And then, you know, as I grew up, I just, I never gave up on it. And it was so cool because my dad was one of those people who never yelled. He never, he was a real quiet, nice guy. But take him to the Raider game. Oh, my God. (laughs) Then, you know, I remember it was the only time that I'd hear him yelling. And he was always so excited. Get the football, Freddie! 
touchdown of football. You know, <laughs> yes. touchdown. And so, you know, it's, it's all about the love for my dad. And, and I always think of my dad and, and say hello to him when I'm, when I'm in a stadium and nice. rooting for the Raiders. So anyway, have a great time this weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. Absolutely. Thank you so much. That's a great story. I love it. I love the fact that Oakland Tech references right there. Oakland Tech, man, they got some. You want to talk about some alums that went to Oakland Tech. We all know. Is that the Oakland High School? That's a Oakland high school. That's not the only one. Obviously, it's a big city, but I mean, (laughs) mean, Oakland Tech, man, they've got some alums, and they've got my favorite athlete and favorite baseball player of all time went to Oakland Tech, one Ricky Henderson. Um, Marshawn Lynch was an Oakland Tech guy. Uh, there's plenty of Oakland Tech, you know, just famous people. The most famous Oakland Tech, though, alum, outside of just when Wendy's mom and dad, is Mama Q. Mama Q went to Oakland ah. Tech. So there you go. I mean, she's not that famous except for to me, and that's all that matters. So there you go. Gotta have to go ahead and drop the... Well, yeah, most important person that went to school there for you. Exactly. <laughs> Thank God she did, right? <laughs> <laughs> went for Mama Q, there wouldn't be no Q. So there it is. So yeah, uh, there's a lot of uh, Oakland folks. Tech. That, Do you remember the mascot? A lot of. I, I didn't go to Oakland Tech. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I, I'm sorry. I'm, sorry. I, I'm just telling you some people that went there, man. Oh. Don't call me out on the radio, man. Okay, At least I, give me some time to do some research. Didn't, I, I didn't know, man. I didn't know, man. You were talking about Oakland Tech. I like know. It was the best school in the world. Uh, I know. No, I just said that they have a lot of good alum there, a lot of famous alum there. I was not an alum of Oakland Tech or any other school in the Oakland School District. I was not me, so it is what it is. Let's go back out to the – it wasn't. I didn't. I'm not going to lie. Why are you laughing? It sounded like towards the end it was like a backhanded compliment. Over no, any other I just, school, no, I just wasn't – I didn't go to school there. <laughs> I didn't. I got, I got love for the town. Please believe. It's always town business, but I just didn't go to school there. It's just how it is. Let's go back out to the Raider Nation listening line while DeMond trying to get me in some hot water. Ron, what's on your mind this afternoon, my man? Hey, Q. I'm DeMond. How you guys doing? Chilling, man. Chilling. DeMond, I don't know, but I'm chilling. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, growing up in Montana here, I, I was in, uh, in high school, and my high school drafting teacher brought in these, uh, these films and I don't know where he got them. It was like the old reel-to-reel, 35-millimeter uh, films or whatever, and they were the Oakland Raiders, um, like your 76 season. So we sat there in, in, uh, in the class for like oh, like five days eating licorice and watching these films. <laughs> and uh, that's how I ended up. You know, and I, I like the, uh, the uh, their general disregard for the other team. Yep. And... Uh, and as far as the, you know, I watched all this stuff on TV. So, you know, and I watched uh, Tom Flores. And, and so that's what it means to me to be a Raider fan. Nice. I like it. I like it. Good stuff, Fabian. Definitely appreciate you chiming in on the show. Good stuff there as always. And had a lot of good feed, feedback so far from uh, Ruben in Vegas, Mitch in New Jersey, Just Win Wendy, uh, Ron. Oh, that was Ron. That was Ron. Yes, that was Ron. Okay, Fabian my bad. Fabian's up. Sorry, Ron. <laughs> I got the wrong name. I got so much feedback. Let's get to Fabian next. You're you're on unnecessary roughness. What's on your mind, my man? <laughs> Q, you're on the front row. Yes, exactly. <laughs> What's happening? Hey, well, let's see. I grew up in the South Bay area, and uh, of all things, my, I went to a Catholic school, and our, our mascot back uh, then, you know, on the NFL teams went there. Put their names and logos used by our schools. We were the Resurrection Raiders. Right. So growing up, as your team got an award, you got an award. My school used to get these plaques that had the Raider logo on it. Oh wow! I never got one. I always wanted one of those. I 
second part was back then when we used to have something called an encyclopedia. I don't know if anybody's ever seen one of those before. But uh, we had the whole yearbook thing, and I just remember looking through all of the summer, summer, just like it's through, and there's always there would be football, and literally this one was just all rape. You know, I mean, we're talking the 60s. All right. Your phone kind of started to started to sound like it uh, It was underwater there for a minute there. So, uh, Fabian, sorry I had to cut you a little short, but I, I got it. Growing up in the South Bay and your your team was the Raiders and you were trying – or the team mascot was the Raiders for your school. So, I definitely appreciate that. Sorry about the little phone issues that we had there at the end. One more quick call and then we'll take a break. How about Raider Paul? You're on Unnecessary Roughness. What's on your mind, my man? Is that cute? Yes, sir. What's on your mind, man, my man? Man, woo! I'm excited. I've had convulsions. I've got the football fever. It's starting, baby, tonight. <laughs> Let me tell you, 303, that's where I grew up. This is my 50th year being a Raider fan. Denver, Colorado. Moved to Vegas here 21 years ago. 20-plus years season ticket. Followed from Oakland to L.A., back to Oakland. Now they're coming to our hometown in Vegas. Can you believe it? No, I'm excited, man. I'm so happy to be here for everything that you just mentioned, man. It's going to be a new era of Raider football and excited to open up Allegiant Stadium for everyone there to enjoy all of Raider Nation to just go in there and, and embrace each other and, and, the, and, the, and the team. And, you know, when they see this 10, 12, about 12 years ago when I bought the plates for my big truck, Running around, it says Raider P Nevada on it. People thought it'll never happen here. <laughs> Look, they're coming here, and maybe the Oakland A's. Cause don't don't be surprised if the A's end up here unless they're just playing us out there. That'd be something also too. But I'm going to be watching this weekend. I'm happy for you going out there and represent us because. The nation is here. We're not America's team. We're the world team, baby. Just win. There you go. There you go. I'll tell you right now, since you uh, kind of predicted them being here, maybe you need to go out there and put uh, uh, Raiders Super Bowl champs uh, Nevada and, and, and see if that can come to fruition as well. I'm sure Raider Nation would appreciate that. Well, I'll be sitting right there, right <laughs> on the goal line, uh, row number two. You know, I had 50-yard line tickets nice. in Oakland for 20-plus years. I used to sit next, right, right next to the uh, – the uh, aviator and uh you know what i had to move because you couldn't watch the football from down there the field was so messed up you know right right but i was row 17 seat one and two i talked to many players for all them years uh, it's just it's just amazing to see him coming here we're going to be able to be together tailgate together and watch that stadium when it starts going raiders oh it's going to be amazing Thank you, brother, for all you're doing. No doubt about it. Thank you so much for the call, my man, Raider P. Appreciate that right here in Vegas. 3.39 is the time. When we come back, had to push back a little bit. RJ Ochoa from Blogging the Boys, he's going to join the show to talk all things Gerald McCoy, plus dip a little into tonight's Hall of Fame game. That's coming up next here on Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Your boy Q here wanting to kind of take a deep dive into the latest Raiders signing. Uh, yesterday on Wednesday, the Raiders went out and signed free agent defensive tackle Gerald McCoy. So I wanted to go to someone that can help break down what that signing means and what Gerald McCoy could bring to the table for the silver and black. So to help me do that, reach out to my good friend RJ Ochoa from Blogging the Boys, also ESPN San Antonio. And uh, RJ, definitely appreciate your time this afternoon. I We'll talk about the Hall of Fame game that's going on tonight between the Cowboys and the Steelers. But first, man, I want to get into 
Gerald McCoy, he never played for the Cowboys, but was signed. I know the defensive staff was excited about him, and then he ruptured his quad. So uh, what were the Cowboys expecting a year ago from a healthy Gerald McCoy? Well, first of all, I think Gerald's really wise. It seems like all Texas legends are now flocking to Vegas uh, these days. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think what, what was really exciting about Gerald McCoy last year is, is the leadership that he was going to bring. Um, you know, when, when we would talk about him last year, he felt a lot to me um, like Charles Woodson joining Mike McCarthy in Green Bay. And it felt like, you know, Gerald McCoy talked, I think he told Marty Smith last year on a podcast about how he viewed things that way. He viewed himself being later in his career, wanting an opportunity to really help the players, wanting an opportunity to kind of help younger guys um, and, and still challenge for a Super Bowl, which is, again, that's, that, it did have that Charles Woodson vibe to me. And while he ultimately obviously didn't have that opportunity, something that I do think is worth mentioning, uh, Gerald McCoy went to Oklahoma, and last year the Cowboys drafted an Oklahoma defensive tackle in the third round in Neville Gallimore. And so, you know, even though Gerald McCoy was hurt, that, that very next day he went on this huge, I wouldn't call it a rant, but he went on his Instagram and, and posted some things to his story about how he intended to still help the team and still talk to players like Neville Gallimore and obviously the social distancing protocols were a little bit different last year than they are in our present moment. Um, but he did that. He did help out Neville Gallimore throughout the season. They would talk, they would FaceTime, and he would really coach him up. And so um, he wasn't able to contribute, but he still really left his mark in a really important way. So a lot of Raider fans have hit me up and said, well, Q, what do you think McCoy has left in the tank, especially after rupturing his quad? And apparently from all reports, he had a really good workout with the Raiders on Wednesday. So just, I mean, from, you know, from your standpoint, and of course, we all are never really going to know until we know. But how much do you think McCoy has left in the tank as far as being able to perform on the field? I think he can still contribute, certainly. I think he, he has a lot um of of wisdom and i think he knows how to play defensive tackle in the nfl and so i think he's he's not expending his strength in in a way that is kind of you know wasting it so to speak and so i think you know is he gonna be you know what prime joe mccoy was no but i think you know it gets he was fine in carolina i mean you know obviously tampa bay moved on uh but he was still a, a solid player the lone year in carolina and so i definitely think i mean i wouldn't call him a rotational player um, I, I, but I think he can have a role and I think he can be really valuable. I certainly think that, you know, I, I was really surprised that he lasted as long as he did in on the fridge market. You know, it's so funny because I was just about to ask, you know, do you think that he could be a part of a rotation? Because what it looks like is the Raiders have put together a defensive line of a bunch of one year guys that, you know, could be part of a rotation. It looks like maybe Solomon Thomas isn't the guy that they thought he was. Maybe he's not big enough to play that three tech, but, uh, as far as just, you know, Maybe not exactly rotational, but uh, how much do you think he may be able to contribute? I think, I think he's probably good for you know, like I, I could see like four or five sacks as like a really solid you know level yeah. of production. He's he's somebody who did not take um, you know rehab lightly. Uh, he was working you know forever. I mean, he was working out in Dallas. Um, obviously he's, you know, got ties to the era and, and obviously going to Oklahoma, but, and he worked out with a lot of draft prospects. I think that, you know, that was something that like a lot of people didn't know at all the, you know, different, you know, gyms and places they go to, he was working out, he was still teaching. And so I think that like, I mean, he really is, I, I wouldn't call him a coach on the field, but I think he can be an excellent big brother while also really contributing in his own special ride. I, I, again, I, I really, really like the move for Vegas. Talking right now with RJ Ochoa from Blogging the Boys. You can find RJ on Twitter at RJ Ochoa. And, you know, one of the things I remember from last year and talking about Gerald McCoy is he – 
I think he said he basically had never played on a primetime game in his career, and that's what he was looking forward to with the Cowboys is all the primetime games. Well, RJ, the Raiders opened up the season on Monday Night Football in Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. I don't know about you, but it doesn't get much more primetime than that. You know what I mean? Yeah, he is really easy to root for and really easy to like in that sense. Uh, I actually think he had played on primetime once with the Bucks, but that game was in Dallas against the Cowboys. Gotcha. And so, um, I mean, and, that, and it was actually flexed into primetime because the Bucks were kind of flirting with a playoff spot that they didn't get. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, obviously the Cowboys are kind of the peak of that. Um, and, and Gerald is such a, a fun person, a fun player. And that's why I really think he'll, he'll be really well liked by most people. Um, and, and, you know, he, he wants to, he, I think he, he's a football fan. You know, he, he loves the game. He loves players. He talks a lot about how Aaron Rodgers is his favorite player in the NFL. And so I think getting an opportunity to, to, you know, play in general after missing a year, is certainly something that he's looking forward to. Uh, but getting to start on Monday night football, the first game there with with fans, you know, going wild, full capacity. I mean, and everything, and not not just Monday Night Football Week One, but now that they've reverted to having only one Monday Night game. I mean, yeah. I have to imagine that that he's it's it's the perfect kind of reintroduction for him back to the NFL. I think. Yeah, no, it really is. It's definitely something to look forward to, and I'm interested to see just how you know he he develops throughout training camp, the preseason, and and onto the regular season. And RJ, you kind of started things off talking about Cowboys uh, making their way to Vegas, and I've said it so many times to anyone who will listen is that there's so many similarities between the Cowboys and the Raiders and how many former players or coaches or whatever uh, you know they go from one team to the other and you know to take it even a step further this year you know the Cowboys defense last year was awful so was the Raiders Uh, the Cowboys go out and hire Dan Quinn former Seattle Seahawks defensive coordinator the Raiders go out and hire Gus Bradley a former Seattle Seahawks defensive coordinator both offenses can light it up at any given moment but the defense has to show up so as far as Dan Quinn and that former Seattle Seahawks defense style. What have you seen so far from the Cowboys and how they're taking a Dan Quinn this uh, this training camp? Yeah, this is um, a, an interesting, you know, sort of group of dots to connect. I'm with you. And, uh, you know, the Cowboys have flirted with the, the Seahawks scheme before, as you know, when they had Chris Richard kind yep. of sort of effectively running their defense, uh, kind of in partnership with Rod Marinelli back in 2018. Um, and I, I think that Dan Quinn is, has been so different from, from Mike Nolan, at least his, his most current predecessor and that he's been such a great teacher. And like, that's, that's the one word that like continually comes to mind for me when it comes to Dan Quinn. Um, and when, so when I think of that Seahawks, you know, group and everybody like, certainly when I think of Chris Richard, I think of like yelling and screaming and just like energy and Dan Quinn certainly has that, but he really is this incredible educator, and he he's, he feels to me like a great high school coach. I know you've been around a lot of high school football, and, yeah. and, and guys that are, are really great at connecting with young players, and he's really done that. And I mean, we we've seen so far, you know, certain players that people had levels of excitement about have really started to pop. Micah Parsons looks really great, and certainly the way he's being utilized. He he lined up once at defensive tackle. I don't know that uh, that's going to be a, a regular <laughs> thing, but. Um, but still, uh, Randy Gregory is maybe the person that Cowboys fans are most excited about in terms of a resurgence, and, and he's looked awesome. He's looked incredible so far. I mean, it's just camp. Uh, but, I mean, I, I would certainly say that Dan Quinn's impact is being felt um, and is, is being, you know, is really taking because I think that, you know, the Cowboys were in such a place of disconnect with the defensive side of the ball last year that they really needed 
Um, I don't want to say an adult in the room to imply that Mike Nolan wasn't that, but they, they needed that guiding light and that big, you know, sort of force at the top. And Dan Quinn has really provided that. You know, it's so funny. Every time you said Cowboys, you could have said Raiders. And every time you said Quinn, you could have said Bradley. Because that, as a guy who's been at training camp each and every day for the Raiders, that's really exactly what I've seen. And I'll tell you, man, as a guy who's, you know, obviously you want the team to do really well. And you're hoping that the decisions that they made and the hires that they made pay off. I'm telling you, it's it's almost hard to say, wow, this defense, you know, isn't going to be better than it was last year because everything you just said, you see the teaching. And I think that that's more important even than the coaching. And some some fans don't realize that there's a there's a difference in teaching and coaching. I feel like Dan Quinn, I feel like Gus Bradley and company are really good teachers. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And, and especially to go back to Chris Richard, just, yeah. you know, Mike Nolan, Mike Nolan was only with the Cowboys for a year. And People used to like really get there would there would be clips of him like screaming at the Cowboys on the sideline and you know like people on Twitter would freak out about that just because they they think that that's you know like great coaching or whatever um, you know he would Chris Rashad would put on cleats and go because he was a former defensive back and go play DB and go cover during practice and that kind of stuff like looks cool and sounds cool. Um, but it's kind of like, you know, like the commercial for Burger King, like the burger never looks that way. You get it yourself. <laughs> um, and, and that's, that's what Chris Richard was. I mean, you know, it was, it was all hype and all juice, uh, but it was really empty at its core. And Dan Quinn is, he's still hype and he's still juice. Like he, he's still somebody who's, he reminds me of Russ Grimm, right. um, really kind of getting in the mud and, and still, you know, being cool and connecting with guys. There was the story that, that made its rounds about how, um, he, he played run DMC for, for his players and challenged them to write down as many lyrics as, as they could before the a song was over. Uh, because his, his point was he's going to be talking fast and you can't take notes on everything. He's, he's hip and he's cool, but in a, in an older, you know, kind of guiding way. Yeah. Uh, but he, but he understands what needs to be done and that's something that's been sorely needed. There you go right there. I like that. I like that little story. I hadn't heard that one. Talking right now with RJ Achoa from Blogging the Boys on Twitter, at RJ Achoa. This is Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And before I let you go, RJ, tonight, Hall of Fame game, uh, we know it's the first preseason game of the year. It's the Cowboys-Steelers. Uh, not going to be a whole lot of frills and thrills. The Cowboys have about 14 or 15 guys, including Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper, that didn't even make the trip to Canton, Ohio. So as far as expectations for tonight's game, what would you like to just kind of see as far from an uh, execution point uh, as far as the Cowboys go this might be the lowest of bars but competency that's that's really all I want I mean I want to see organization I want to see some semblance of teamwork uh, I want to see obviously there's a lot of down the roster guys that we want to see pop and you know some some of the later draft picks really shine I think your boy in the Sean Wright should have an opportunity tonight uh, to really kind of show what he's made of but uh, ultimately I mean just you know I don't see a mess you know because right. if you know, look, there's there's going to be things that aren't great. It's, it's the preseason. It's it's players lower and further down the roster. But if there is a, a, a semblance of organization, it will feel like this team is headed in the right direction. Yeah, it, it should be fun just to see some football activities back out on the field tonight. Excited about that. It means that the season is right around the corner. Uh, RJ, great stuff, my man. Uh, what do you have coming out on blogging the boys that uh, Cowboy fans, and there's plenty of Cowboy fans here in Vegas, uh, that should be looking should be looking out for, excuse me. Oh, uh, you're good. Uh, well, we're really excited. Uh, our first post-game show is tonight on our YouTube channel. Afterwards, we'll also stream it to Facebook. 
uh, have a chance to interact after the fact, what we liked, what we didn't, about how Nishan Wright set the preseason record with five interceptions in a game. Yes, uh, yes. So uh, really pumped to just kind of uh, get back into the rhymes and rhythms of football season. It's nice that it's finally here. I told you, that's my boy. That's my boy. <laughs> <laughs> you are a believer. Well, hey, uh, Art. You sold me. I did. I did a good job of selling you on that one. I'll tell you this, man. Uh, great stuff. I definitely appreciate you. And uh, I look forward to Thanksgiving because that game is going to be in your neck of the woods, uh, the, the Raiders and the Cowboys, and I'm, I'm looking to be there. So I'll, hopefully I'll catch up with you before that. But if not, I'll, I'll catch up with you then. For sure, man. It's going to be a good time. going to be a good season. Congrats on the move again. Really happy for you and looking forward to Thanksgiving and everything in between. There he is right there. RJ Ochoa blogging the boys. Joining us to talk a little Gerald McCoy and obviously talking a little uh, Hall of Fame game tonight. Cowboys and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And that's going to do it for me, Vinny Bonsignor. He's at the Raiders headquarters right now in Henderson, the International, the Inner Mountain Healthcare Performance Center. He's going to be doing in the huddle 4 to 6 p.m. right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm out. Going to get on that uh, that airplane and I'll talk tomorrow from Canton, Ohio. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920.